up, Chris? My stomach just did the biggest rumble, and I'm not hungry. It is 11. It's getting that time. I'm usually an early luncher. Well, you wake up early. I wake up early. I eat breakfast early. Got to get that early snack in. Got to get that early snack. (laughs) That pre-meal. I'm usually like an 11.30 lunch guy, and it's 11.03 right now. It's 11.03, which I'm pretty dyslexic. It seems like 11.30 to me. There you go. It's 11.03. Hey, time is relative. Time is relative. Well, hey, guys, we are glad that you are with us. I did not check our stats, our state stats. State stats. We need a state stats. <laughs> well, we just did. I'm going to isolate that now, and we'll play that next week. Bingo. Um, we added two states last week. What up, Oregon? Oregon and North Carolina. Those are two awesome states. I've never been to Oregon. Me either. It looks cool. <laughs> but it looks cool, so it's <laughs> awesome. Dude. There's a lot of trees up there. I know people up there. Yeah. Big axe community up there. Um, you would imagine. Yeah. That's that's not a stretch. That's, that's logging country. That's logging country. Yeah. Um, well, hey, thank you guys for joining us. Episode six, I believe. Yeah. This is our sixth one. Um, jumping in right to it. Uh, again, this is a one-off one. It's mm-hmm. not a series, but jumping in. So here's my leading question. We're going to get right to it. <laughs> here's my leading question. What modern convenience it's the word do you use and enjoy the most but i i will put this i say modern i don't mean ac and toilets and cars okay now unless you mean even more modern than that like now you may have a bidet and you'll be like yes my bidet's awesome I ain't that's got like no a, bidet. But i'm saying that's part of a toilet so like <laughs> it it's not just i i know i've been can i house. can i be honest real quick this i don't want to i don't want to detour I don't want to go too deep into this, but I'm just going to make a statement and leave it there. Are you anti? I, no, I don't understand how it works. It it shoots water. I get, I understand the mechanics of the thing. What I don't understand is how it cleans you. Where's the friction? I think it's high powered. I think Yikes. there's some PSI on it. Yikes. I, th- I think there's some PSI on it. I don't understand how it works, and I'm not super interested in finding out. I am super interested in finding out. I've never used one. I would like to. Um, the only <laughs> thing that we, – we're getting off on a great start. <laughs> the only thing I don't know is that you have to sit there and let it dry. How does the drying factor work? Maybe that's where the paper towels. Do you also do paper- some extracurricular after that? With the paper towel? Yeah, All right, guys. We <laughs> – We have to go. Is this real? All right. Welcome back. Well, that's what we get. My heart is racing a little bit. (laughs) So we are are not in our offices doing this. We are in a different room in our church. We're kind of secluded. It's quiet. No one really comes in this room during the day. And the fire alarm went off. The real one. The real one. We were not aware of a test so in our church we have a day school with a bunch of kids Uh, some of ours all three of mine are down there so when i hear a fire alarm they tell me don't go down to the day school they say yeah right but i run straight to the day school yeah right i'm gonna go help get my kids out of this building so i'm running trying to figure things out apparently we have a faulty fire pulley pulley lever 
And so it, it, it's not a fire. Not My fire. heart is racing. There's a fire in your eyes right now. So mad. No. Uh, just happy everything's good. Yeah. So we debated whether to Are we gonna stop restart the whole thing. But hey, we're just going to start recording and start from here. So <laughs> we're going to move past our previous conversation. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I'm going to go back to my first question. What modern convenience do you like the most, use the most, or maybe even wish you had yeah. if you don't have it? So I'm going to, can I, can I do two? Yeah, absolutely. One is GPS. Do you remember how much time and mental energy you had to spend to try to understand how you were going to get somewhere before you could just plug it into your phone? So, yeah. So when I got my first car, like I also got a map. Yeah. I had an Atlas. Yes. Like a (laughs) massive map of the town. And it's like, what in the world? And then (laughs) as well started driving, we still had computers. Yeah. But we had MapQuest. Yeah. But you're still like 27 pages to figure out how to get to and then you're the like, mall. Do you print out the map or? Yeah, you got to print out the map. You and know, then it's, it's like, then you have to like, did I go 1.8 or 1.9? Yeah. I don't know how far. Hey, okay. and if, if there's construction or an accident. You're done. Hey, you're toast. You're, there ain't no other route. I'm not going to that party. <laughs> you ain't got another printer. <laughs> I would say GPS is, GPS is huge. Is, is probably the, well, these compete for how often I use okay. them. The second one, and I'm going to acknowledge before I say this, okay. that they might cause the downfall of our society. So with that acknowledgement, Amazon, I oh. buy everything off Amazon. Everything. And it shows up in two days. So <laughs> it shows up in two days. My in-laws live in Middle Tennessee. Yeah. In the same county is an Amazon the distribution center. Yes, yeah. center. They get same day delivery on things. I mean, they order things in the same day. It's at their house. Do you remember how long it used to take something to get delivered that you ordered by catalog or online? I kind of enjoyed it because I forgot that I bought something, yeah. and then I, and then like six months later, it comes in, and you're like, "Look what I got!" Not me, man. I'd sit out there every day looking for the UPS man, just waiting. Like, where's my magic starter set? <laughs> That's awesome. Where's my loom for making bead bracelets <laughs> you didn't buy those i absolutely did a loom yeah all right well that's another story for another something day. new about chris <laughs> i would say for me i really like remote start on my car mm. i park in the garage but sometimes i don't get to park in the garage because we have stuff and when it gets chilly and we're getting a little bit colder season yeah. it's like hey can start that up the heat gets going me and the boys are cool are, are warned when we get in the car yeah. so we're not freezing in there i would say just my cell phone in general yeah. all the apps and stuff but yeah. the app that i i don't say i use the most but when i want it i i, I need this app and, and it shows how lazy i am it shows how lazy i am we have a nest thermostat uh-huh Oh, you won't even get out of bed. I don't even get out of bed. <laughs> if I'm in bed and I'm like, it's too hot. Let me deep, 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 turn it down, turn it up. Hey, hey, let's just turn it off and open the windows up. I don't even, I'll go open windows. Now there's an app to open my windows. We're, we're, that, now you're cooking. Now nah, we're going to be in a good rhythm. Uh, but just this idea, we live in this society where it is, let's have cars that drive you and you can just lay back and watch a movie. Yeah. Um, Amazon, one click. We even have like subscription on Amazon where we have diapers delivered 
every so many weeks. I don't have to do anything. It just shows up no. at our door. But we live in this culture that just wants you to be as as most comfortable as possible. Mm. And that's what they're striving to do is everything you have. Let's make it more comfortable. Let's make it easier. Let's put you in a place where you don't really have to work to do too much. Yeah. Right. And which is cool. But is that making us too comfortable Mm. where we don't ever like to get out of our comfort zone? Yeah. Where we don't ever like to be, um, we don't ever like to, to even think about having to be in that uncomfortable situation. Right. I can get out of it. I don't have to be there. And I know Amazon and apps, but like, Hey, I don't even have to go to Walmart to go get diapers anymore. Yeah. It's going to bring it to me because that's uncomfortable to have to get out and Mm -hmm. now I have to go and I got to drive and interact. I got to interact with people I don't interact with. Maybe I'm not feeling great. Maybe I'm just in a mood and I don't want to be around people. But do you think that that is, hindering us in our walk with Christ that we are just getting too comfortable? Hmm. That's a good question. Um, I think that comfort and like comfort zone is all about, it's this weird mix. It's this weird mix of like safety and security, Mm -hmm. like insurance. Okay. Assurance. Yeah. Control. Control is huge. I think it's what it boils down Control to. Control is really big. Because when you really, what we're talking about is if you get outside of your comfort zone, you lose control of who you're interacting with and your what those interactions are going to be happen. like. And really like when I think about a comfort zone, to me, like the mental picture that I get, mm-hmm. it's like you're in your comfort zone when you're nestled like safely at the center of your own created universe. Absolutely. Right. So modern conveniences and technology and the way those things have changed and shape our lives. I don't think that's good or bad. I think it can definitely be good. And, and you yeah, know, absolutely. Like, you know, if, especially if it helps people, you know, like there are people who can't get out and go do stuff. Absolutely. But when it comes to a relationship with Jesus, the comfort zone is basically like off the table. Right. (laughs) When it comes to your spiritual life, the comfort zone is a non-starter. Because like for the Christian, your true comfort zone is when you are walking in step with God's spirit. And that can be a really uncomfortable comfort zone to be in, if you know what I'm saying. Well, and the bigger question and what you just said is, do you... Do you find comfort in God or do you find comfort in your daily circumstances? Right, right, right. And your daily routine and what you just do. And when something uh, bucks the system in Mm -hmm. that, in your daily routines, then you get uncomfortable. But the whole relationship with God is Mm -hmm. that he bucks the system in your heart. (laughs) And every day it should be somewhat of of uncomfortable. But you find find comfort in in the uncomfortable with him. Right. But in our everyday life, we don't really do that. If it's uncomfortable, then we're angry or mad or, Hey, I need to fix this to make this easier on me in some way. Yeah. When I think we're going to see in both the stories that we kind of picked out to share that like really the question we're asking is where do you place your security? Where do you place your safety and comfort and all these things? Because 
Yeah, man. We with every all the tools we have available to us now, you can create your own little bubble. It's like this world. But like, what if my safety and security is built on this house of cards that I've put around myself and I think I've got all this figured out yeah. and then one of them falls. What happens then? Right? But it's like you said, the kingdom of God and, and walking in relationship with Jesus trains us that yeah. our safety and our security is in the creator of all this stuff. And, and that is a safety and security that can't fail, even regardless of our circumstances. Absolutely. Yeah. It, it, and the one thing that I, I, I think about this, and, it, and we'll learn from our stories that we're going to talk about um, here, is typically you grow mm. through tough circumstances and situations. Absolutely. I mean, even think about it as simple as back in high school playing football yep. and you have to get up early and mm -hmm. run and work out and weight lift and do all these things, and you're like, man, it's uncomfortable. Yep. I don't like running this much. I don't like this, yeah. but... It's you, preparation. But preparation, and you grow as a team, and mm -hmm. it makes you stronger. And are we becoming weaker in our walk mm. because we are not strengthening maybe our relationship with him? Yeah. And we're not um, – and we're just not putting yeah. ourselves out there. Because I think for us, as, as Christians, in some form or fashion, we are called to be uncomfortable for him yeah. with how we – spend our time mm. with how we spend our money with how we interact with people yeah. and just every aspect of our lives should be wrapped around living for God. And if yeah. that is true in every aspect of our <laughs> life, it's going to be uncomfortable yeah. because we can't go along with the norms of this world, yeah. which just makes it uncomfortable. Yeah. And so because we're called to be that, because we're called to be different, yeah. it's, we're called to have some sort of, friction with the world yeah. it's going to make us uncomfortable out of our comfort zone but i think we're just getting too i think we're getting too lazy and too comfortable saying i don't have to go do that yeah. it's easier for me maybe to write a check mm. it's easier for me just to kind of watch i can yeah. I, I can watch online uh -huh. i'll pay for you to go on that mission uh -huh. trip hey i'll pay for you but yeah for me I don't have time for that or i can't go i can't or i might be uncomfortable <laughs> or i might be uncomfortable yeah doing whatever it may be. Yeah. Um, but I just think we just have this friction and this challenge that yeah. we are called by God to get out of our comfort zone yeah. and go. Yeah. Two things, two things bouncing off of what you said. One, like it's all over scripture. And even recently, just to kind of hyperlink back to our I am series, what is, what is that last I am statement? It talks about Jesus is the true vine mm -hmm. and we're the branches off of that vine. And what does it say that like a loving, caring, tender God creator does to the branches that produce fruit? It says he prunes them. I don't like to be pruned. <laughs> it doesn't yeah. feel good. Yeah. And the Bible talks about um, uh, gold being forged and like the mm -hmm. heat of that of that uh, crucible is what it's called. Yeah. yeah, I was trying to find the word. It's like, that's heat, pressure, friction, tension. All those things are what produce the kind of person that God can use to do crazy stuff. Absolutely. So that's one thing. But then the second thing is you nailed it, man. Like the, the life walking with Jesus is a counter-cultural experience. Yeah. 
Look at his life. Look at his life. Look at all the pages we have here of where Jesus is saying, this is what the world is going to be like, and this is how I'm calling you to live. And those two things are often in stark contrast. I mean, like, couldn't be more different. There is going to be tension. And there's going to be tension in yourself to want to go along, to go go with the flow, because that's human nature, man. We want to fit in. We want to be respected and admired. But to follow Jesus, it says you got to lose your life to find it. That's, that's, that's big right there. Okay. And, 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 and the internal wrestling with that truth, with that upside down nature of what God's kingdom is all about is going to produce uncomfortable feelings inside you. So it's like, it's almost like this comfort zone idea is totally foreign to Jesus. I mean, look how he, how he lived his life and then look how he finished his life. That's very uncomfortable. That was not comfortable. (laughs) Yeah. We just have to wrestle with this. So I'm going to, um, we picked two different scriptures, uh, two different stories. We may not read all the stories. Yeah. Some of these you may know. Yeah. Um, and if you don't, we're going to hit the we're high do points. the five-minute version. <laughs> we're not going to assume that everyone listening to this knows every story we're going to talk about right. in the Bible. Um, but these are two kind of well-known, one, one in the Old Testament, one in the New Testament. Uh, um, when I think about this, when I think about stepping out of your comfort zone, mm. the easy one, <laughs> this is low-hanging fruit here. Uh, the easy one is in Matthew 14, and it's Jesus walking on water, uh, but then what he calls Peter to do as well. He called him to literally step out of his comfort zone. <laughs> literally step out of it. That, that's why I said. You this cheated, one, Pete. I know. This is a really easy one. So in Matthew 14, starting at verse 2, we have Jesus. Um, it said that he immediately made his, he made his disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side, which you will see this happen a lot in Scripture. Jesus sends them off before he, like, hey, you guys go. I'm going to meet you. And it's gonna I'll be, see you there. I'll see you there. Um, to the other side, while, while he dismissed the crowd, and after he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance from the land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. So he sent them off. There's wind, there's waves. Sounds the boat's like a kind storm. of rocky. It's a little storm. It's at night. Jesus goes out to them walking on water. The disciples see them, see him freak out. It's a ghost. It's a ghost. Like, yeah, I would be like, all right, well, we saw a ghost. That's, that's, we're all going to die. I'm going to be freaking out, right? So Jesus gets to him and says, take courage. It is I. Do not be afraid. That's verse 27. Verse 28, the next thing, Peter sees Jesus. Jesus says, do not be afraid. It is I. And Peter said, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come to you on the water. And Jesus says one word. He says, come. So Peter is like, if that's you, I want to be where you are, Jesus. I want to be where you want me to go. And Jesus says, come on, buddy. Yeah. Come on. Then it says, then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. Mm. And and he was beginning to sink. And he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? So I love this story of Jesus coming to them in this miraculous, awesome way. Mm-hmm. Hey, don't worry, it's me. Peter sees Jesus. Mm. And Peter is always, Peter's always a little froggy, right? Yeah. Like he, <laughs> he is like, he is ready to jump. He's ready to fight. He's ready be to go. Be good and bad. It yeah. could be good and bad. But in here, it's a good point. Yeah. 
Jesus says, come to me. I love the heart of Peter saying, I want to be where Jesus is. Yeah. If he's on water, I want to be on water. If he's yeah. in the mountains, I want to be in the mountains. If he's in the boat, I want to be in the boat. He just wants to be with Jesus. And yeah. that's a little side note, but I mean, I just want to be with Jesus. Yeah. And that may be calling me to be in uncomfortable places. It probably is calling you to be in uncomfortable places. It more than likely <laughs> is calling me to be yeah. in uncomfortable places. Peter was like, all right, you want me to go in the water? I'm going to go in the water. Did he know it was going to work? Mm. He had to have some sort of faith going, yeah. this is the Messiah. If he can do this, he can make me do this. Yeah. So he gets out of the boat and he walks to Jesus. Uh, and then it says that he... Um, it says that he sees the waves and the wind. Then he begins to sink. Mm. He cries out, Lord, help me. Jesus goes down and he saves him. Um, and he says, oh, you of little faith, why do you doubt? Mm. So there's the typical preacher <laughs> sermon in this. That is when life is a storm, yeah. fix your eyes on Jesus. Uh-huh. It says that he saw the storms, he got nervous and he sank. In the eye of the storm. There you go. That's that's a part of it, <laughs> yeah. right? So that's a part of it. Um, but him jumping out, jumping out of the boat, walking to him, then he begins to sink. And what I love, again, I think we hear this deal of when Jesus saves him. Uh-huh. And he says, oh, you have little faith. Why are you doubting? Yeah. That sometimes it's more a negative tone to him. Yeah. Of like, why are you doubting? Get it together, Don't Peter. you know who I am? Yeah. But for me, when I read this, I think he's almost saying this to Peter, saying, why are you doubting yourself? Yeah. You know you're with me. You know that you can do this. Mm. In the middle of the storm, in the middle of this uncomfortable situation, yeah. wherever you are, you know that I'm with you. So don't doubt that you can do these things that I've called you mm. to do. And for us, God is calling us to do uncomfortable, hard things. And yeah. he's saying, don't doubt that you can't do this because yeah. I'm with you. Yeah. Um, Peter in this moment to me, getting out of his comfort zone is just simply being faithful yeah. to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I think for us so much of the time, we are so worried about results. Mm. I don't want to put myself out there because mm. I don't want to do X, Y, and Z because if I kind of do quick math, it's an 80, 20. I'm going to fail at this. So yeah. I don't want to fail. Yeah. The odds that Peter were going to fail were extremely high. Have you ever walked on water before, 100%. Peter? 100%. <laughs> but he was still faithful to the yeah. calling of Jesus. And yeah. for us, we're not called to look at the success rate. We're called to look at, are we being faithful to Jesus? And we might fail and that's okay. Yeah. He doesn't care if we win or lose. He cares that we're faithful to him. So for us to get out of our comfort zone, to talk to somebody, to stick up for somebody, to be there, um, to to help people. I think about our students, Mm. right? So I work with our student ministry. And and the mission field that they're in, we have some very big high schools here in Birmingham. Some massive high schools. Way, way bigger than my little Christian school where I graduated with 70 people. They have like 7,000 in their in their class, right? It's massive. It's these massive schools. And I tell them, I say like, you are in the middle of this mission field to live out for God. And and you may think, but what if they don't do this? Or what if they don't accept this? Or what if this doesn't work? Hmm. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Give that to Jesus. Yeah. You just do what you can. And you may be planting a seed in that situation. And then someone else will come and water it. Someone else will come and water it. You, 
you don't have to do something from start to finish. Yeah. You just have to be faithful to him. Whether yeah. you succeed or not, God's just saying, well done, my good and faithful servant, because you were just faithful to me yeah. in that walk. Yeah, so there, there's a pretty cool thread between both of our stories of, of that faithfulness. And, and what I think is interesting, and, and, and you've, you've hit this already, it's like Peter's ability to walk on water had nothing to do with how good of a water dancer he was or like yeah. experience or the research he had done on walking on water <laughs> or, yeah. or his training and his prep. It was direct, his ability to walk on water was directly proportional to the faith he had yes. in Jesus, right? And so, uh, and we're going to see that in the story I'm going to share too. Um, but it's like, man, all this stuff, all, all this good stuff that God is, is pushing us um, to do, man, we can get lost and wrapped up in those things if we don't focus on uh, listening to and hearing from God and being faithful to what he's asking us to do in we our time. Get too, we get too caught up in like the metrics of, is this going to work? Yeah. And we don't want to put effort, time, money, resources into something that yeah. is going to fail. Yeah. You see that in businesses, you see that in everything, you see that in like relationships, whatever it may be. Yeah. I'm not going to put effort into something knowing that it's going to fail. Yeah. But our measure for failure is a worldly <laughs> measure of failure, yeah. and it's not a godly measure of failure. Yeah. Because if you do anything faithfully to God and you really feel the call, yeah. and God says you need to help those that are different, you need mm. to help those that are oppressed, you need to help you know, the widows and the orphans, yeah. and you need to serve, you need to be, well, God, I, I can't give you that much money and time because i got to have it for this <laughs> and this. And he's like, yeah. just be faithful because yeah. we're wrapped up in the worldly measurements of success. Yeah. And our success is strictly based on every step today. Am I walking faithfully in the Lord? Yeah. And if you do that, great. Yeah. And we're in a weird spot, too, because we work professionally in ministry. Yeah. And so me coming from a corporate background, Absolutely. it's, it's kind of hard to not be sort of results oriented, goal oriented. And I think it's hard for like our people, the people that go to church here to not want to understand, okay, so if we spent this much money, what did we, you know, and that's what's going to be our return yeah, on what, investment. What yeah. are we going to have on this? But it's like, I'm encouraged. And like the message we get from our leadership, it's like, that is not how we measure things. We don't look at the bottom line. Are you following the spirit? Mm -hmm. Are you following the spirit's call in your life? And then like that, if that's your only box to check, <laughs> it's like, yeah. if you're doing that, everything else will come together. So absolutely. Well, but I think even in ministry, it's really easy to kind of lose sight of that connection and just think about, okay, well, how can we get more people to come to our event or whatever? Oh, you know? right. Because that is, again, if you want to look at bottom line for like ministry, it yeah. is, well, if I spend this much money and do this much time, how many people are we going to gain from this? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. we're not in the business of church swelling, of just making yeah. our church as big as possible to do it. We're in the business of loving Jesus and God with our whole heart yeah. and gaining followers for the kingdom. Mm -hmm. And if it's here at our church, sweet. Yeah. But if it is kingdom-based, then that's more important. Yeah. If they go somewhere else, great. As long as they are following and loving Jesus and somebody is walking alongside them in their journey, that's what really matters. But yeah. it's hard from a church standpoint. Mm. It just because, but we also want to be good stewards of the money we get from people giving us money and they expect us to do the smart best thing with it. But 
maybe that's a whole other podcast of us talking about working for a church um, <laughs> doing that. All right. So I hit very quickly on Peter. Yeah. Give us your OT, Old Testament yeah. story. Well, I think uh, the story of Gideon or one of the stories of, about Gideon is uh, a perfect example. Absolutely. Of, of having a plan and God saying, forget that. I got a better plan. So uh, Gideon is in the book of Judges. Uh, Gideon is a judge, and a judge uh, for Israel was not like our judges. It wasn't somebody who like sat in a court and heard cases and made rulings. Uh, judge, did he have a gavel? He might have had a gavel, That'd been at least dope. a hammer um, or but, staff. But the judges in this period uh, for Israel kind of follow this pattern. It's like Israel sins. Uh, they receive judgment by being oppressed by surrounding enemies. God raises up, the, well, they repent and they cry out to God. God raises up a judge. The judge redeems the people from their oppression. And so Gideon is kind of one in the line of many of these stories. And the Israelites are being oppressed by the Midianites, those old rascally old Midianites. Midianites. Um, and so Gideon is going to, he, he's, he's seeking wisdom from God, and uh, he's getting ready to fight these Midianites. He's got 32,000 men, 32,000 fighting men. But he goes to God first, and he kind of does this weird thing. You know, he's trying to, like, get himself pumped up, and he's like, God, I'm ready to go out against the Midianites, but I got to know that you're with me. So his heart's, like, in, in the right place yeah. right off the bat. So that's good. He's like, show me the sign. I'll let you read that on your own. But God confirms that it's, it is Gideon's time to rise up against the Midianites and to redeem the people of Israel. So he's got these 32,000 guys. They can like see the Midianites down in the valley, and he's ready to go out, and God like taps him on the shoulder. Gideon. And he's like, listen, dude, you got too many men with you. If you go down there to battle and you win— People are going to say that you did this and not me. So, just not what you want to hear when you're the leader of an <laughs> army. You're like, but can I get some more men? So, God tells him, hey, just make an announcement. If you're scared, you don't feel like fighting today, you're free to go home. Gideon's like, okay. Makes, makes the announcement, and 22,000 of his 32,000 men gone in, in a snap. So, he's down That's a lot. to 10,000 guys, which is still a lot of guys. Um, but already less than the Midianite army that he's going to fight. And God's like, tap, tap, tap. Gideon. Gideon. Still got too many guys. Take them down to the river. Watch how they drink the water. The ones who drink the water in this certain way are fit to fight today. The ones who drink the water in this certain way, send them home. He goes, and he's left with 300 guys against this giant Midianite army. No shot. Basically, what we're getting at here is yes. he's got no shot to win. Just like Peter had no shot to walk on water, absent of his relationship with Jesus, Gideon is not going to defeat the Midianite army with 300 guys. Then their plan for battle is they, they don't even take weapons. They have a trumpet and they have torches. And what Gideon tells them is, we're going to line up around the camp, all 300 of these men. And when I, hear, when I give the signal, you're going to blow on your trumpet and, and show your torches. And it's like, this is the dumbest battle plan I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> this is so stupid. But they do it. Uh, they're faithful to God's call. And the Midianites are so scared of what's going on around them that they start fighting each other. And, and the whole army is routed, as the Bible would say. So Gideon 
through relationship, through faithfulness to God, has this incredible victory, does the job that he was raised up in Israel to do, but it's not because he was a great warrior. It's not because he had a great plan. It's because he chose to let God work in a really unusual way in his life um, to do something awesome so that God, so, the, so that the glory could be pointed to God and not to Midian. And that's a pretty uncomfortable place for yes. a warrior like Gideon to be in. So that's sort of the setup. And it's just like, I, there are a couple little interesting things about this story that that kind of stuck out to me. Um, you know, this was sort of a progressive situation. Mm-hmm. It's like God didn't show up to Gideon and say, hey, Gideon, I want you to pick 300 dudes and I want you to go fight the Midianite army with uh, torches and trumpets. No, first it was like, yeah, I'm confirming to you that this is my will, that you, that you go out against the Midianites. And then it was like, take some men away. Take a few more men away. All right, now here's the battle plan. And it's like I've experienced in my own life that when God is pulling me to a new place, uh, pulling me to an uncomfortable place, that he's kind and, oh, yeah. and will allow space to process, at least in my own life. And I think we see this in Scripture, too. I haven't seen these big, uh, big ground-shaking uh, developments where God is pulling me from what I feel is a comfort zone and into this just completely unknown place. And, you know, like my career is one example of that. It was like I had to move from a place that I'd been for 11 years to a new place. Yeah. And then I had to see how this small business was going to develop. And all these things happened over a period of time, which then when the time was right, for me to give up my career in advertising and go into ministry, it was like, well, I didn't just leave this job that I'd had for 11 years and loved and go right into it. No, I had to have this sort of progressive uh, journey that God walked me through to get me out of yes, my comfort zone. zone. That job that I had was the was the epitome of a comfort zone. It was, I had security, I had fun. I had a ton of flexibility, all these things. And it's like, was I ever really going to make the decision to leave that for the unknown of a life in ministry? I don't know the answer to that, but I see God's work in walking me through a process of leaving that place and then going to this place and then doing this and seeing this. And this reminds me, and that reminds me to go back to the I am statement of like the good shepherd that doesn't just throw you from point A to point B, but walks you to where you need to go and is with you along the way. It's not, hey, we'll see you later or do this big step. And for some people, it may be a a big, here's a hard line in the sand and boom, I'm going to do something totally different. But in this story of Gideon, you do see God patiently walking with Gideon. Because God could have just said, get 300 dudes, go, let's go go do this. Let's do it. No, he said, let me, maybe for... Gideon sense. Yeah, like, exactly. Okay, well, we have this many, but but we, but we're still good with this many people yeah. until and you let him deal with that emotionally. That, yes, and then you move to the next stage. And I think God is so kind to deal with us in that way. Um, another thing that I see in this story is like our comfort zone often uh, ends up where we can get the glory for good things that are oh, happening yeah. in our life. 
Um, if my comfort zone is my career, I can say, well, look how well I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but when we allow ourselves to get out of that comfort zone, it's God who gets the glory. We can see how unlikely it is that all this stuff is working out in our favor, and we can only point to God as the, as the author of, that, <laughs> yeah. of that type of journey. Well, and that's what we're supposed to do. We're yeah. supposed to give glory and honor where it's due. And when you see things in your life that are only done by God, like the story of Gideon, yeah, like yeah. the story of Peter, like Peter wasn't like, did you see me walk on water? Yeah. Look what I did. It's like, uh-uh. Look what he allowed you to do. Look how he saved you. Look how he walked with you. And look how he did these things yep. to with Gideon. As we kind of wrap this up, one of the questions that I was just thinking about this is, for you, the listener, mm. and for us, hello out there. Hello out there. If you can, you think about a time in the last month mm. that you got out of your comfort zone. Mm. Can you think about it? Um, now, for a lot of us, we've been stuck inside yeah. the pandemic, right? We haven't gone outside. Maybe out of your comfort zone is actually going to just a store, <laughs> right? Because you're like, I don't know the unknowns or just what it is. But go back into last year. Go back into last year. Are, are, are there times and, and specific things that you can think about and say, like, this is when I got out of my comfort zone and I walked on water with Jesus because I could not have done <laughs> this alone. Yeah. I, I could only have done this by the power of the Spirit and with God being there with me. And if you can't think about something... Mm in the last year, yeah. then you're not getting out of your comfort zone. Yeah. Like you, you need to have tangible stories mm. that you can look to and say, when I did this and this and this the past year, I was getting out of my comfort zone and it was only because God allowed me to do this. Yeah. Um, it doesn't mean that you were a hundred percent successful with it, Yeah. but he was, but you can still tell that he was there with you. And if you haven't done that again, you are living in your bubble. Yeah. And so my goal for you as a listener is in the next, how about now to the end of the year? We're, this is what, September or something? September 23rd. We're September, so we got a few more months in the year. See if one or two times yeah. at the end of this year, you can specifically think about times and, and try to get out of your comfort zone mm. for him. Yeah. Not just to do it to do it and check a box off, but where is God calling you to have a conversation with a relative or a friend or a coworker or yeah someone random you've seen or, or just how is he challenging your time and your priorities? Mm. How is he doing? How is he working in you to get out of your comfort zone? And it's going to look different yeah. for me and you. It's going to be different. Yeah. Um, if you want to get real crazy, start asking God to get you out of that. Spend, comfort zone. Spend some time in prayer and, and, and ask God um, in what areas of your life you're too comfortable. Ask God, in what areas of your life you keep shielded from his lordship mm-hmm. and then ask God, where can I get uncomfortable for your glory for you? Yeah. And, yeah. uh, he will answer that prayer. <laughs> he will because he wants, yeah, he wants you to grow. He wants you to grow. And this is how we grow. Yeah, that's right. Is, is this is how we get stronger in our faith. This is yes. how we grow deeper roots. This is how we do this is because then afterwards your, your, your whole, Thought and mentality, again, is not, look what I did. It's, yeah. This could have only 
happen by God. Yeah. And look how strong my God is. And then again, that adds on to the whole thing of this is more pages in your book to talk about him. This is your story. So when you can talk to the people, why are you a Christian? Well, look at all the things that happened last year in my life that I gave to him and look what he did with that. Yeah. It glory to him in that. And it just, it's just a cycle yeah. of more stories to tell about him, to tell your kids and to tell other people about, look how God worked in my life. Yeah. And to see God work in your life, you have to let him work in your life and let him lead you into places where yeah. only he can work yeah. and it's not on you. Yeah, this is this is about maturity, you mm-hmm. know, really. It, and, and I get it, man. I've been in a place in my life where like a conversation like this would have made me really uncomfortable because um, – I, I would have associated it with, well, if I don't do that, then I'm, I'm in trouble. You know, like that's yeah, not really no. what we're saying here. What, what we're saying is this life is the best life you can have. And opening your life to God in this way is the best life you can have. So we desire that for you. And, and it may seem scary at first, but like give it a shot. Just ask God to do, some, do something in your life. And you go along for the ride, and it will be worth it. Because being a Christ follower is more than checking boxes yeah, on a yeah. Sunday and Wednesday night. Yeah. Well, I did it. I did it. I did it. No, no, no. It, it is that deep, strong relationship with Him, and this is a way to do that. Yeah. It's a way to do that. Well, thank you guys for listening to mm-hmm, two mm-hmm. buffoons mm-hmm, mm-hmm. babble about the Bible. It's happening. It is happening. We thank you guys again. We are on Spotify. We are on Google. We are on Apple. Give us a ratings. I know you can rate on Apple. Yep. If you can other things. I think you can on Spotify. Give us a review. Give us a rating. Say what's up to us. Um, Also, we're trying to hit all states. So, again, we're going to put it out there. You you know some North and South Dakota people. Do we have a Kansas yet? We do not have a Kansas. We We have have an Oklahoma. We don't have Kansas. What's next door? I know we have everything but South Carolina. We have all the South except for South Carolina. Come on, South Carolina. So let's, if you know somebody. Come on, Clemson, Gamecocks. Let's send them. Citadel. Hey, <laughs> yeah, Citadel's there. Hey, Tennessee, I'm a Vols fan. We play South Carolina Saturday night. Game week. I'm excited about that. We're game week in the SEC, guys. We're pretty excited. There's a buzz. There's a buzz in our community, and it's just about there's football happening. Um, well, we love you guys. Thank you for tuning in. Catch us next week. See y'all.